Continue worshiping God now as we come to him in our gospel reading for the day from Luke chapter 24, starting in the 36th verse. We'll stand for the reading as you're able. As they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And then he said to them, why are you troubled and why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet that it is I myself. Touch me and see for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they disbelieved for joy and were marveling, he said to them, have you anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate before them. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are my witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. The Gospel of the Lord. Amen. Please be seated. Max Lucado tells the story in his book, No Wonder They Call Him Savior, of two strong women, Mother Maria and daughter Christina. They lived together in a a small town of humble means, but Christina had a zeal for life, contagious laughter that would light up a room, and a curiosity for adventure, and was only matched maybe by her youthful ignorance of the harsh, harsh world around her. This independent young woman didn't surprise her mom then when one morning her mom awoke to see that her bed was empty. Her mother Maria knew immediately where her daughter had gone. And it broke her heart because she knew that she wasn't prepared for what she was to encounter. And so Mother Maria then packed her own things, gathered her belongings, and before she caught the bus to the big city to go look for her daughter, she went to the drugstore. This was before the age of the selfie. And she went to the photo booth and had several photos taken. Then, for as long as she could and as many days as she could afford, she went searching for her daughter. She was heartbroken again when she came up empty and never found her and had to go home to the village that they both loved. It was a few weeks later when Christina was coming down the stairs of a hotel, her face no longer full of zeal, now tired. Her laughter was broken, and her dream that she had pictured had 
become more like a nightmare. A thousand times over, she longed to head back to that small town, but it seemed, oh, so far away now. As she reached the bottom of the stairs, her eyes noticed a picture posted on the wall. It was familiar. And it began to warm her heart. She knew who it was right away. But it was the words written on the back of that photo of her mother that brought tears to her eyes. When she read, whatever you've done, whatever you've become, doesn't matter. Please come home. This picture posted to welcome her beloved daughter home reminds us of the picture that Christ has posted for us on the cross to remind us to come home. Scholar N.T. Wright tells us that tradition fancies the gospel writer Luke as a painter. And Luke indeed is painting a picture here, a picture of the gospel of Christ on the cross proclaiming to us whatever we have done, whatever you have become or not become or left undone or left incomplete or done to others, not that it doesn't matter, but that Jesus says, I have paid for this matter. So please come home. Luke doesn't want you, doesn't want me to miss this picture of hope. And that hope is the hope of the resurrection. The resurrection hope that calls us home. Luke, as one scholar puts it, is painting a resurrection triptych in these accounts in his gospel. You remember what a triptych is? That's You might see them in a museum, those three panels telling a story. Maybe you've got one at home, I don't know. I looked for one to show you today, and when I looked on Google for Luke and Triptych, I just kept getting Star Wars images coming up. (laughs) The picture that Jesus is painting for us, the picture that the Gospel writer Luke is painting for us is an invitation, a road to come home. He begins with the women and the angel at the tomb. That's his first painting. And then he tells the story of the road to Emmaus. And now we come to today's picture of the Jesus suddenly standing with the disciples. Scholars have noticed that in each of these pictures, the disciples are confused. In each of these pictures, then a correction happens, either by Jesus or by the angel. And then they get instruction. And they move with that instruction to hope. You see, much of Luke's gospel and later his work in Acts, as we heard today, is a road motif, a movement, taking us from where we've been to where we can become. 
remade by this picture, we now have hope. This picture moves us from confusion to hope. And from hope to purpose. And from purpose to mission. Don't miss this picture that Jesus is painting for us this Easter season. You've heard these three weeks of Easter. A welcome mat. A word of welcome. A word of hope to come home. And when we receive this gift, then your life, your testimony, your witness becomes a proclamation for others. Just like Maria posted those pictures to call her daughter home, Jesus has you at your post. Jesus posts you everywhere. You are to point the lost home. As our scripture reading reminds us, we become the witnesses. And so it's important to get the picture right, isn't it? It isn't possible for us then to spend too much time on the resurrection because this picture is so central to our identity and to who we are in Christ. The picture isn't a mirror. It's not a selfie. We need a Savior who does this work for us. The picture isn't just a philosophical idea that we confess or believe. It's a Savior embodied as we hear in this text. And the picture isn't just a spiritual reality like we might think it was if we just stopped at the second story, the road to Emmaus. No. The spiritual reality has become a physical reality. And Luke takes great pains in this text to show us that Jesus is truly alive. You aren't being called home by an idea. You aren't being called home by a philosophy. You are being called home by a person. And his name is Jesus. And if you've seen him, you've seen the Father. The picture is Christ Jesus, who is alive. And regardless of whether we're confused or frightened, that doesn't define our reality. Christ's word does. As we look at verse 36, as Jesus walks into that room and says, peace be to you, they were frightened, they were confused, they were scared, but it was Jesus that defined what was true, not their fear. And from their fear came amazement and joy because of what Christ had done. One commentator put it like this, they were in the wacky state of giddy disbelief. Like football fans whose team just scored as time ran out to win the game. The little Greek here reads, they were being unbelieving from joy and amazement. They still didn't totally get it but their hearts had been moved. Jesus then makes sure with clear instruction that they get the picture right. He's not a ghost. He's not a figment of their imagination. He says, touch and see and hear and even taste as he takes a bite of fish. I am alive. And now because of it, everything has changed. 
Everything that had been foretold in the Hebrew Scriptures is now being fulfilled. We hear Peter preach about it in Acts 3. Jesus was predicted in in the law. Jesus was predicted in the prophets. Jesus was predicted in the Psalms. And as Leon Morris, the Luke scholar, writes, the solemn division of Scripture into the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms, these three divisions of the Hebrew Scriptures, indicates now that there is no part of Scripture that does not bear witness to Jesus. So you're getting the idea? These last few weeks, these last few sermons, that although we are surprised, and Tim Keller, the pastor and apologist, says that we are surprised about the resurrection, but so were the disciples. They were shocked, just as we are today. And yet the testimony we get gives this ring of authenticity because it doesn't, as N.T. Wright puts it, tidy up the details of the witness statements. It lets them be as they are, as we might expect from a first century historian. It doesn't take away the embarrassing details of the disciples not getting it, even after having Jesus stand before them. It just shares the full picture, the full truth. And in that truth, then, we get the testimony of Christ, the resurrected Christ, as He really is. So that we can be sure with this well-documented, faithfully attest historical reality that Jesus is alive. So that their minds are opened, as verse 45 reads, to this reality that Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. And now you, Jesus says, are witnesses of these things. And so in Christ, the resurrected Christ, things have changed. Our sin, our shortcomings, they're no longer the picture that define us. We have become a new creation. As First John will write, a child of God. You have been photoshopped into the family photo forever. First John 3, as we heard, writes, See what kind of love the Father has lavished, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. This leads to a new life for you and I. A life with our pictures now posted as witnesses with the power, not ours, but the power on high, the power of the Holy Spirit. And with your picture posted, wherever you may be, at school or at work or with your kids or with your grandkids or with your best friend or your sister or your brother, or your coworker, you become the post that points others to the hope of the resurrection, to Jesus. Let them through you now see and hear and taste and touch this reality, this word of hope, this promise 
that we move through repentance to forgiveness of sins by what Christ has done on the cross. For whatever you have done or left undone, whatever you may have become, it isn't that it doesn't matter, but that Jesus has paid for the matter. He invites you to be and to share this message. Come home. Amen.